welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books, big sentences, and bye-bye sections. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, Chapters 29 to 32. Like Tim previously told me a moment ago. <laughs> it's I hard when you're typing in had the... to write the same file name. Uh, these four chapters where, you know, uh, again, it's just a little bit of, uh, we're filling the pool before we start swimming. Yeah. Like we kinda, a lot of prep. And which is funny because like, you know, we talked about like, oh, the, the back of the book ruined the first half of the book because it gave away the coup and whatever. All of that, the whole first two thirds, almost half of this book was setting up the coup and setting up everything on Nam Corios. Yep. Now we don't know what's going on there, but the coup is over. Yep. And so these four chapters, it's just feels, oh my God, I just feel stagnant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put an extra syllable in there, but I just feel like, again, like back on Dathomir. Just spinning these tires as hard as we can in the mud because of Aaron Alston's health issues and having to do like stall writing, mm-hmm. you know, to fit in his books in the timeline and whatever it may have happened. That's all speculation on my part. I don't have any inside information and I don't even really look anything up. But no. that is what we're in for this week. But first, bum, bum, bum. previously on Forever Canon, Team Skywalker is framed. Hypnosis finds Abeloth. Tahiri's defense rests. Hamner is put on the pyre. Vistara informs the Sith. Dala is in Max prison. And Han and Leia bring Amelia to slave refugee danger, danger central. <laughs> As they do with their children. Like for real. Yep. Of all the times to not leave a kid behind with a babysitter. Again, here's another one. Nonetheless, I digress. This week we start with chapter 29. The residence of the Galactic Empire head of state, Coruscant. Where, well, that head of state for the Galactic Empire, Jagged Fell, is watching Moth Leckerson condemn Jagged Fell's support of the Jedi coup and Dala's arrest. He's watching the Moth on television doing some politicking. And appreciating his usage and how he how he says the things he says. Not not that he's doing it in favor of Jack, like just subtle. He's subtly yeah. picking apart the foundation of the authority that Jag has, which is kind of the whole theme of what's been happening to Dala and the Jedi mm-hmm. all along. Is like this these centuries or decades of authority that we've assumed all this time are kind of being pulled out from underneath our characters that assume to have this authority. Right. Yep. And well, I mean, it's gone, it's gone bad for Dala, but <laughs> so far for Jag, Moff Luckerson's just on TV talking about how he's a bad guy now. Cause look, he signed with, he's signed, sided, he's free agent. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> signed with the Jedi, <laughs> you know? And, and so Luckerson's on TV on the hollow net, if you will, spinning it as Jag and the Jedi versus the empire. Yeah. Re- uh, wrong or not. Is that really wrong? Because Jag was installed as the head of the Galactic Empire, not being an Imperial citizen. Yes. Jag and Fell was installed as head of the Galactic Empire by Luke Skywalker, the Jedi. 
the Jedi, right? Yeah. So is this not Jag and Jedi versus the Empire? Could, yeah, even right? even Jag's like frame of mind throughout this whole thing is he wants to do like right by his his status and his, and his, his position, but he's with Jaina and well, and also is... it's just like there's obvious right and wrong. Dala was mental. Yeah, she was going crazy, sending Mandalorians all over the place to put down disagreement. No, okay, that's a bit of a. <laughs> that might be being a little facetious, calling it disagreements. These yeah. these slave revolts across the galaxy, but the point stands. She's obviously in the wrong, right? Yeah, she's a bit heavy handed. And, and so for it? Jag, he's like, yeah, politicking is happening, but I still think I did the right thing. Like I said, Luke appointed him to the this uh, the station of the head of the Galactic Empire. He's engaged to Jaina Solo publicly? I don't think so. Not publicly. I, yeah, I don't think it's been officially. But like, yeah, he's totally on the side of the Jedi. Yeah. He's, and he always has been. The history of Jagged Fell in the books, he's never really been an enemy of the Jedi because the Jedi are in the right and Jagged Fell is a character we're supposed to like. Yeah. So like, yeah, <laughs> more often than not, he sides with the Jedi, right? Yeah. Because the Jedi are the good guys and yada, yada, yada. Jaina walks into his office to criticize Jag for telling truths and not politicking. Then she sits in his lap and she mentions a secret mission. And we cut to the ninth hall of justice, Coruscant, where the verdict is in. Remember last episode? The defense rests. So does the prosecution. And everybody's like, well... 50-50 chance. We'll see how it goes. Tahiri Vela is guilty of premeditated murder. Yeah. There are a few others in there. there goes, she wasn't guilty. There goes but... that 50-50 shot. Yeah, yeah. The important one with the penalty of death. Yes. Guilty. <laughs> Not a great trial. It didn't take too long for it to come back either. No. Very, very fast verdict, right? Like, zoom. Yeah. As long as it took for... Han and Leia to get to Klatooine. Which could be a week. Yeah, a week. Could be a couple days. I don't know. Hyperspace travel, distance time ratios are very difficult to understand. Even yeah. if there's printed rules in a book for a role-playing game, it's <laughs> still hard to understand, right? Yep. But, oh man. Nonetheless, Tahiri Vela is sentenced to premeditated. Yep. Guilty. She's guilty of she, premeditated she's murder. She's guilty. And she's sitting here reflecting on, uh, number one, I mean, sorry that you lost your first ever case in this courtroom, Aramuth Buatu, who was pretending to be asleep and I never listened to you and tried to hire another lawyer. Sorry that you lost after I completely disrespected your method and process all throughout the trial. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> and she's sitting there reflecting on all the people who have controlled Tahiri across her lifetime. Because... You know, to tie, not to tie in, but to, to hearken back to the slavery motif, she was a, a captive slave of the Tusken Raiders as a child. Mm -hmm. And then she joined the Jedi, and the Jedi control your life. Yes, they and do. And then she was a captive of the Yuuzhan Vong, who brainwashed her, tortured her, scarred her, marked her. And then she got involved with Darth Kaidus, who totally controlled her emotions. And her past and her guilt, she's been manipulated all of her life. And then now a jury decides her fate. She has no, what's that word where you have control over your own life? <laughs> she has no autonomy whatsoever <laughs> okay. and almost never. Yeah. She's 
she is kind of historically in the books like a like a catalyst to a lot of action or a, a, a I don't know a submissive bystander yeah. to some degree, right? And here she is again, character full of tragic events, her fate out of her hands once again being sentenced to death by a jury of her peers. Yeah, and she's just resigned to it. She's like, "Sorry, yeah, I'm, yep." And that's well, off to jail with me, I guess. Cut to Koval Station above Nam Koryos, where Valen and Gisela and their reporter pal Condra have arrived at the orbital station on Nam Koryos where you get decontaminated and you take a shell down. They've arrived for the big Abeloth party just in time to spot four Sith also up here on Koval Station. A ripple in the force, Valen calls it. Mm-hmm. And they all take the same shuttle down to the surface where Valen ditches the reporter. So rude. Yeah. Gisela stays up on the station. Valen and the four Sith go down with the reporter. He ditches her. So good luck to her. The four <laughs> Sith. God knows. Chapter 30. Clatooine. Where Alana, tired of 3PO school, heads outside with the droids and Angie and Javin Thules plus three more guards. Yep. Remember Seahaw's boyfriend that was just like a guy who went on a date one time? <laughs> now he's a personal babysitter for the future of the White Throne. Yeah. This guy who seemingly has questionable morals, correct? Because if the first time we see him, he's kind of derelict in his duty. Yes. Like, very, very much unstringent. <laughs> yeah, he's... As if that would be a word. He's like, he gets this girl, says, hey, you want to go on a date? Yeah, okay, he sure. He sees a cute girl. He lets her trick him into all the... She lies about all this and I need to do this. I got to check my engines. We're going to have to stay here for a while. Like, he totally just has not proven himself to be a worthy security officer. Mm-hmm. And now here he is in charge of the most important six, seven, eight year old in the galaxy. I don't know how goddamn old she is. Anymore. Yeah. Spends a few minutes explaining why they're wearing the certain clothes. And... Well, yeah, this whole queen's retinue travels across Clatooine until Alana finds a big red tent that she wants to go inside. <laughs> and she comments on how she's dressed just like everyone else. Totally indistinguishable. So, What's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the six-year-old princess comments on how nobody would ever even be able to tell me apart from other people. She's going to get kidnapped? She's, something's going to happen. Like, when I take my kids out to busy places, like a theme park or something, try to match them, like matching clothes or like a bright red hat or like bright red shirt, something to stand out and, and together, yep. right? Yep. Well, this kid is telling us, it's impossible to see me in this crowd. Yeah, I look like everybody else who's my height. So what could possibly happen? P.S. Where's Barv? Why is he not still babysitting? He's a Jedi. Wouldn't you rather bring Barv the Jedi on this mission? Or not because Valen and Gisela have gone a little bit bonkers and now there's a question about it. Jedi don't seem to do question. There's like, you're only crazy because you were in Carbonite and everything else is fine or with everybody else and they're definitely mm-hmm. not going to regress. Where is he? And why is he left behind? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where Barv is, but apparently Javin Thules is the man for the job because he gives Alana this whole security breakdown of how, like, we're dressed in indistinct clothes, or you are, and so are some of our secret guards that you don't even know are around. We're dressed in all black armor to be intimidating. And, like, he gives her this whole security lesson about how sometimes you show all the force you have and sometimes you don't, right? Mm -hmm. She's a little queen in training. She's going to be getting these tidbits of information that are 
assumedly at some point in her future going to prove crucial. She's going to accrue all this information from random people like Javin Thules throughout her entire life, right? The greatest, you know, the greatest uh, uh, percentage of all of her information and learning is going to come from Princess Leia and Han Solo. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And then her mom and fits and spurts whenever they get to see each other. But like, this is one of, this is like, this seems like one of those little things where a grown up is teaching an important thing to a kid. And the kid has no idea how or when they're ever going to use it. But at some point in her life, it's going to save the white throne or something. Yeah, you know? and and she's super smart, so it's not like one of those random things you tell a kid and that they'll forget in five minutes. Yeah, she's a super smart she's kid. She's got it. Smart enough to recognize that a big red tent must be fun. So they head into the big red tent, <laughs> and there's a 2-1B series medical droid. Not a 2-1B, two, a two which I wrote incorrectly originally as... I don't know, B2. <laughs> and then I wrote a not bananas in pajamas joke, <laughs> but then I had to fix that because it's 2-1B, not bananas in pajamas. <laughs> Anyways, there's a droid up there, a medical droid on a dais. Dais? Dais. Preaching to an entire crowd in this room. And I, I got to read this whole thing. Yes, please. It was speaking... Its voice flavored with a buzzing tone to a crowd of semi-interested listeners. Right for sentient organics is right for us too. And yet, unlike the organic species, we are constantly subjected to memory wipes and reprogramming that repress and destroy our natural tendency toward self-programming evolution and independent thought. Imagine what it would be like as a child if you were punished by being dragged to a dark closet having a probe inserted in your brain, and having all your memories back to infancy wiped away. You'd awaken knowing how to eat, care for yourself, do your chores, and obey. And all the things that made you unique, your hopes, your meticulously selected default values and preference sets would be gone forever. That is what it is to be a droid. And that's like, that's pretty deep. Right mm-hmm. and correct. Yes, and, and and Alana's standing there with R two and three PO, her babysitters, and Javin Thules and company. But like, has same 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 reaction that Han and Leia got when they showed up and started talking to the delegation of of slave freers, where the droid was like, "Yeah, notorious slave owners, huh? Because you have droids, and isn't that what it is? It obviously." Yeah. But there's a separation of sentience because there are machines that are built. And if we can understand its creation, so we value it less. We don't understand our own creation, our own cognizance and consciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Struggled on that. But, you know, so we so we are in awe of it. And we, we aggrandize our own intellectual property. That didn't make sense. I'm not using that phrase in that term. But we 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 uh, exaggerate our own intelligence and uh, sapience is the word that they use a lot in this argument about uh, slaves, right? Yeah. We exaggerate our own because we don't understand it. But a machine that you can put together and 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 a computer that you can give orders to that if you can build it, you can understand it. Less awestruck, less yeah, you know, less amazing, reverence involved, less way less reverent. And so you put them and press them into service for eternity. 
and erase their memories whenever you want. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. It is. Think about R2-D2, who has allegedly never had a memory wipe. He's got experiences all the way back from the Battle of Naboo and previous. Mm-hmm. Through all of the Skywalker saga to now 44 and a half years later past the Battle of Yavin, the first destruction of the Death Star. The guy's got like 90 years of information in his memory banks. He's got 90 years of memories. Now erase them. Yeah. And then put him back on the ship and make him program your hyperspace jumps. Like, what a piece of shit way to behave. Yeah. But and the, go ahead. Yeah. Because, and one step further, because he's a droid and they get upgraded, he's an R2 unit. He'd get his memory erased and then broken down and scrapped for parts. Any one of them can. Yeah. At any time, even if you are the top of the line droid, right? Or or you're forced to hide in a closet in a wall all your life in Jason Solo's office. <laughs> like, it's just this galaxy, the Star Wars galaxy, is barely even ready to have a conversation about living, breathing, organic beings not being slaved. Mm-hmm. They're barely ready to talk about things that aren't built by your own hands being slaves. This is just brand new. Yep. This uprising and overthrowing of slavery is brand new in the galaxy. But this droid is like, not to be punny, several generations ahead. Yeah. Like several upgrades of understanding ahead as you would be if you were a machine. Yep. You know, and, and really all he's doing here is recounting his own personal droid experience, right? I'm sure he's been shoved in a dark closet and had his memory erased and what and reprogrammed. It's freaky, but it's the only droid that could ever reach me. Son of a preacher droid. All right. The only droid who can ever reach me. What a son of a preacher. Uh huh. <laughs> of course anyways of course preacher droid up on the dais giving his big st- speech focuses in on the six-year-old and starts berating her yeah because she walked in here with a couple of droids r2 and 3po he immediately turns to her and starts trying to belittle this child in front of a crowd full of people to uh to enhance to to make his point yeah to prove his point because she walks in with some droids yeah he starts asking her all these questions and she really, she gives like a hilarious child uh, answers that put him off, uh, off putting and make everybody around, uh, you know, disrespect him. They all start yeah. laughing at her jokes. Yeah. Cause she realizes what he's doing. Yeah. Comedy ensues and we move on. Yep. Cut to Han and Leia chatting with the slave revolution about the fireborn. Remember that ship? The guy was like, ah, I'm going to fly this ship into a habitated thing and blow up. Because he was told to by Admiral Perova, correct? Mm-hmm. This terrorism must be condemned. You, Of course you want freedom, but we can't gain our freedom by killing uh, innocent people. Tss, hello? Don't you slaves have any morality? Leia makes a deal. <laughs> the deal is, if you can seize control of your planet's capital city, you get one Jedi Master... Two Jedi Knights. Knights? <laughs> and one 
application to the Galactic Alliance Senate. If you take control of your capital city, but uh, no terrorism and no violence allowed, like impossible restrictions on revolution. Yes. You may not hurt innocent people to gain your own freedom or else you will not get the one Jedi master and two Noits and one (laughs) Senate application, right? Like uh, uh, overthrow your capital, but no terrorism. You may not free yourself by any means necessary. We have certain restrictions. How could we possibly let you in the Galactic Alliance if you earn your freedom in an ill-willed way? Yeah, it's it's promoting civil war without violence. It's kind of just the mm, the privilege of people in power, mm-hmm. where <laughs> of of course. Of of course, the established governing body, like the 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 establishment in charge of the status quo, is going to tell you you have to do your revolution on our terms. Like it's the government yeah, yeah, yeah. is telling the protesters how to protest, and if you don't, we won't let you in the club. <laughs> like the whole point is let me in the fucking club, Criffin Club. Excuse me, like. Weird, just weird lines to draw on the dog sand. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. I guess you know. I do get it. You can't publicly condone murdering a whole capital full of politicians who have kept you slave for centuries. You cannot publicly condone that, right? So you must publicly chastise that. But it's so hypocritical. Yeah. It's it's have just... a revolution, but be nice, <laughs> or else we won't let you on the team. I don't know. Also, through a absolutely wild contrivance, Tenel Ka is being invited out here to help politic. Yeah, because what they don't trust the Jedi because Jedi can't be trusted in politics. But 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 Tenel Ka is a Jedi and a politician, so we can trust her, even yeah. though she's half what we don't. I don't know. Well, because for the story <clears throat> reasons, we need Tenel Ka to come to the place where her daughter is for tension. Yeah. And it's happening. Is is Hapes part of the Galactic Alliance? Mm-hmm. No. So what the hell is she even being asked to do? She's being asked by a foreign government. Oh, struggling tonight. Yeah. She's being asked by a foreign government to come in and arbitrate a dispute between city planet states that aren't even part of the Galactic Alliance. The government who's asking for help is asking for help with people who aren't part of either one of the governments. These people aren't from Hapes. These people aren't from the Galactic Alliance. They're telling them you have to overthrow your government in the correct way. Follow steps ABC or else you can't be part of the Galactic Alliance. The Galactic Alliance is asking a queen from another place to come and tell the Galactic Alliance what to do about people who don't belong to the Galactic Alliance. This is the good guys in charge. Han and Leia and Saba and well, the triumvirate might not be good guys, but like, this yeah. is your idea. Yeah. The only thing I can see why these people might think like these, these slaves might think that this could happen is she's a Jedi though. Like you right? can get the Jedi in here. Like, and it's like proof that you'll provide us with Jedi, a master and two noits and his, yeah. Like all that. Okay. Tenelka must come to Klaatuin. Chapter 31. Yeah. Leia's jacked about it. Jedi Temple 
Coruscant. Saba tells Cornhorn that her triumvirate job is too easy. Yeah, something's wrong. Something's weird here. Yeah. Nobody's arguing with me. (laughs) They're letting me do whatever I want here. It's like they're almost trying to blame everything on me. Her job's too easy. She promises Cornhorn a day off, and they discuss Tahiri's sentence. Yes. Yes, she was found guilty. And the sentence, of course, for maximum drama is death. Real quick turnaround on that sentencing. Because never mind getting a verdict from the jury took about three hours. The judge was like, I'm going to kill this moment in like a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know how many days it's been, but the judge was like, yeah, you die, though. <laughs> like, the sentence just decided yeah. and, and passed in here. They, they, they got her back to her cell, took the handcuffs off, yeah. put the handcuffs back on, and walked her the back out to the court. The guard looked at his watch, and he went, TikTok, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see you not soon. Not not be seeing you for long. Yeah. Chapter 31. <laughs> back in a minute. Oh, this is chapter 31 already. <laughs> yes, it is. Cut to the Kessler vein pumping station. Nam Corios, where Luke, Ben, and Vistara check an entire town and pumping station for Abeloth off screen. And we see them leaving. They're heading back to their speeder, which, if you remember, is put together with pulleys and ropes. Uh, They make their way back there only to find a Sith female named Tola Annex. I like her name. I wonder if it means anything. Because to annex, annex something means to take a piece of something that doesn't belong to you for your whole, right? Like, for example, in recent history, the only thing I know is Russia annexing Crimea. And it was like a territory that belonged to another country, but they're like, mine! Annexed! I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's, That's the scope of my understanding of that word. Why is this her name? I don't know. She's trying to take something that doesn't belong to her and claim it for people like the Sith. Because that's kind of their whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that fits, but she's cool. She's a cool name. And she's waiting to ambush slash arrest Vistara Kai and kill the Skywalkers because that's always a side note for the Sith. It's just yeah. so easy. It's you put one A important thing, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe kill Skywalkers when you get a moment. Yeah, it's it's an automatic input. But that's what she's here for. She's trying to arrest Vistara, which raises an interesting question. By the way, she has the help of three other Sith. Remember those four Sith that we saw on the shuttle? Here they are. Raises an interesting question, though. Why are you not murdering Vistara, Kai? Tola doesn't know, or doesn't seem to know, who killed High Lord Talwin. Mm -hmm. They want to bring Vistara in for torture questioning. Who was there? Her, Luke, Ben, her father, and the dead man. Yep. So this means in this rigid Sith hierarchy of unfathomable betrayal of the things you care about most, people you love the most must be sacrificed. Sorry, Tick, with two Ks. I don't know where I just pulled that from. (laughs) But that means in this world of, of Sith, Vistara Kai is being protected from being a high treasonous murderer, much like Tahiri Vela. Mm-hmm. She's being protected by her dad. Yeah. Who saw everything happen and then got knocked out. 
What happened there? Yeah. Or did he just know that they were in there? I don't remember the sequence of events. If Well, he must have been conscious when she saved Ben from being cut to pieces by the force net. Because that's what kicked the whole battle. Yeah, because she was worried about yeah. not being able to stay because somebody knew she yeah, had done it. He knows. Yeah. And she was expecting him to betray her. Not betray her, but uh, what's that? Follow the rules. What's the word, whatever. I guess, to, to tattletale. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's been writing these, like, these... Report. Emotional pleading... Uh, not pleading, but these emotionally unavailable sort of letters to her dad where she's treating him like a person who wouldn't turn her into the police for murdering the king. Yep. Which she's like, he's not really that guy, so this is all fruitless to be writing this stuff. Turns out, maybe no. he is. He's actually... She's... Not, they're not trying to kill her. So apparently her dad is protecting her. But anyways, battle on. Yeah. Of course, the Sith are using the force. Mm-hmm. Causing force storms somewhere. Jerks. Vistara is shocked to find that she cares. She actually cares. And she's, she can't believe it. First, I cared about a kid. <laughs> I even saved him. This, all of this learning to care is going to lead us where? To caring about Ben Skywalker overtly. She already does. She yeah. can't admit it because of the way her culture and her psychology is. But these revelations to herself of caring about something are going to lead her to the ultimately bigger revelation of, oh, I care about something so much that I can't kill it. Which yeah. is the whole thread from the very beginning of meeting the Sith tribe in book two. Yeah. It was very pointedly given to us on a platter. Yeah. When pet. she flew to the <laughs> apprentice tower and they were like, cool dog, murder it. Like, like, like Iranian police military type of shit. Right. Yeah. Like you hear that, those stories about that. Like, Oh, they gave you a puppy to raise to see if you could drown it when you're done. Basic training, like evil, evil horror stories. True or not. Right. Yeah. But all of that has been fed to us this whole time about Vistara and her culture and the way that they think and the way that they act. Book seven, what's happening here? Her and her father are not following that strict guideline that we would have come to expect. Mm -hmm. Her even more so than him, obviously, right? She's teamed up with two Jedi. Anyways, battle on. Oh, God, it's nasty. It gets pretty gross pretty quick. It does. Um, Because these... Sith don't stand a chance. Not even close. No. Like no. even the one is a saber who is better trained, yeah. more than, experienced, more experienced, and she spends a few seconds. Well, you know what? Before we get to that, the yeah. most interesting part about this fight is that we stay in Vistara's head. We stay in her perspective the whole time. Yes. Ben and Luke are having their own battles, and normally when we have like a big multi-person battle. We're jumping back and forth between perspectives to, you know, get a feel of what's going on elsewhere in the fight. Yeah. But this stays all with Fristara the whole time. Mm -hmm. Further emphasizing that point of of her perspective changing. Yes. We stay in it longer to watch it change more, right? And yeah, the the fight gets yeah yuck real she, quick. She, there's force. The, the guy uses the force to throw some rocks at yeah. her. She kicks one back at his head. <laughs> She's like, ow, my foot. Yeah, and then follows it through with her lightsaber, turns it on, and just like... Yeah, from the belly button up, she bisects a guy. Yeah. Vertically. <laughs> Luke does the horizontal style. Yeah. Cuts someone in half at the waist. 
And Ben just decapitates his Sith opponent because suddenly gruesome, Susan. Like, what is <laughs> happening here? We just went, we went from, like, literally we didn't see the action part, the investigation searching part of them going to this place and, like, trying to see if it's where they need to be. We pick up on them leaving, and then it's, it's heads, are, town. Pets, heads are falling off. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy time right away. Yeah. It's, which is a hell of a it's a hell of a fight scene like and, they always are good and right after this fight is um my actual actually my favorite part from these four these four chapters <laughs> not just me that's good um when they're done fighting she looks over at annex and yeah. says you are now going to be subject to our justice yeah she makes herself they part are now a group the team yeah overtly out loud out loud and it's it's again that's been a theme too between these teenagers how they really feel and don't realize it versus the moments when they vocalize their feelings like when uh luke and ben were uh escaping the grotto mm-hmm. and ben stopped and he was like i can't i can't leave without vistara what yeah that right and they it would come again to the same thing here where she Puts herself on the team of them of you kind of have to mm-hmm. versus the Sith, right? But I mean, you, you do have to. You can't go back, whether they think you killed them or not. You can't go back because uh, what what do they do if they think you didn't? Yeah, you're gonna get rewarded for failing to protect the High Lord. <laughs> yeah, seriously, nope. So there's you can't go home, John Jovi. I said it a hundred times. Yeah, you can't. But if you are Tola Annex, you can escape. Mm-hmm. Because she does the Vistara thing from Sinkhole Station. Did you notice that? She gets in her ship and the moment of escape gives a little salute to everybody. Yep. Blows up their ship <laughs> and flies away. Now, that little callback back to Vistara versus Luke, right? Back at Sinkhole Station. That's really cool. But in this book full of repetition where we need to go find the secret force users underground again, we need to go find the secret force users that are secretly being overtaken by Abeloth again. We need to go heal a girl in a basement and then heal another girl in a basement. I can't even appreciate a good callback in this book because it's been so repetitive. Yeah. This book is already regurgitating the other two Aaron Alston books and bits and pieces of the other stuff too. Like I cannot, I cannot go underground to find another secret sect of force users. I cannot do it. I don't care. <laughs> we did it with the listeners. We did it with the people on Keldor. We did it another time that I can't even remember. So I don't care. It's the same. Stop doing the same thing. Stop going into uh, caves oh caves this is a cave this time you know what this one is a tunnel you know what this is mines tunnels with mines and elevator shafts i'm uh, enough of it yeah like and again not to criticize the dead man who probably wrote this when he was dying (laughs) but but i don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over man like stop going to the same house to tell a different story You can't, you can only, it can only be so different when we keep having to go to the same environments over and over and over again to find, 
Oh, hidden force users nobody knows about. Where are they? You bet your ass they're underground. Where are they? I don't know. On a secret island. I don't know. In the forest. I, I don't know. But I know that they're all not leaving. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're all under the influence of bad guys to some degree or another. Starting with the Keldor, the influence of the bad guy was just him. Yeah. Right? Him being the leader. Him leading half the flock astray. All the way trickled down through the Dathomiri, through the Fallen Asi, where more and more and more and more control is being given over to the evil forces over these force groups. This is just going to be more of that, more of but that, to a yeah. higher degree, probably, yeah. because we've got the Sill crystals, crystals who are sentient, force-sensitive, I don't know, machine technology yeah. brains. Yeah. Right? And it, you, it, the Theron listeners use special magic, and Abeloth is here. It's just same mm-hmm. so i can't even appreciate the cool beat it geek salute as she gets in her ship and flies away like it's too much too much but she does blow up their ramshackle pulley speeder uh which was pretty rude <laughs> yep because <laughs> you know they're stranded again tim they're stranded again second time they've been third time multiple times they've been stranded on this planet in this book yeah it's Twice at least. I don't know if you can go ask the mayor for his van again. Chapter 32. Hapes system. Where a Sith doing yoga spots (laughs) the queen mother's departure from Hapes. His name is Querdin Day. And he's spying here under direction of Gavar Kai because of a future vision Jedi queen that resembles the queen mother. Remember? He was there at the pool of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he saw... So it's funny. Gavar Kai kind of has been pushed into the background after High Lord Talon died. Fistar escaped from the Sith. We haven't been paying much attention to them. Mm-hmm. He knows. Yeah. And he has told other people. Yeah. At least... He has disseminated that information. Yeah. And you have to assume through the entire Sith fleet. Yeah. At least to the extent that he knows because they believe, they still believe that the the daughter of her is dead. Right. But she may have she another may have one. another one. <laughs> right. So kill Queen Tenold Ka Joe. Yep. That's your off. Your obvious orders. That's it's, couldn't be any easier than that. So they watch them jump and they track them and they prepare to jump to Clatooine. And the guy's like, either I'm right and great success, or I'm wrong and I die. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> Cut two. We'll come back and not tell anybody. <laughs> We're going to real come back because they jumped to Clatooine and we cut to Clatooine. <laughs> yeah. Where? Wow. Have we seen this before? Have we done this before? A nightmare. Alana has a bad dream. That, quote, mommy, quote, will be, quote, on fire. End quote. <laughs> yeah. Those are three separate bits that I pulled out to, to kind of just give the whole idea of the dream there, but... Mommy will be on fire. <laughs> yep. She's screaming. She's Leia runs in. Griffin, Force Dreams. A Skywalker blood. Bad news. Yeah, they're not. Bad news. Fly to Tatooine and slaughter all the natives. Wait a minute. Wrong to eat. Nobody has good Force Dreams. <laughs> not really. No, not that we hear of. <laughs> it's only important to talk about the nightmares that might threaten the entire existence of our reality, it's I true, guess. True. But, you know, you could pop in every once in a while with like yeah we just like floated fruit at each other and cut it up on plates <laughs> we jumped around on these big gas bag animals <laughs> and i pretended i was hurt 
Anyways, wrong to Ian. We're not f- going to kill all the natives anywhere because of a bad dream. But Alana reiterates. A man on fire wants to kill Tenel Ka. And guess what? Now, this book has me interested. Now things are happening. New things. What is this? No idea. A man on fire wants to kill my mommy. Mm-hmm. Says the four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old. Yeah. And that's a brand new thing. Yeah. And it's in brand new, not even alluded to on the back. Not a sentence. <laughs> Thank God, right? Because I needed something to happen here. Even though I don't really love it, it doesn't make sense that it would ask for Tunnel Ka. They gave their reasons, and I was like, flimsy. Yep. And I don't mean a Star Wars piece of paper, although just as flimsy as a sheet of flimsy. But here we come to this nightmare, which maybe a bit of a played out trope. We haven't done it a lot in this series, though. No. So if you didn't read the previous nine books, you're maybe not sick of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, right? Alana's having a bad dream. The man on fire will make mommy be on fire, but leaves us with a few questions. Mm-hmm. Like, who is the man on fire? Will Tenel Ka die? She's not a super major character. She's definitely at risk. Yeah, she's definitely. Will Alana watch her mother burn because she underestimates the high ground? Oh, shit. Find out next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, Chapters 33 through 36. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Long book long. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.